What's going on, everybody? Welcome into Red Zone Radio. And uh, we all know what the big news of today is. Tom Brady is coming back to the NFL after a whopping six weeks, I believe it is, of being out of the league. But he's coming back playing with the Buccaneers. So, uh, first of all, let me just say this. This is the craziest offseason that we've seen in a long time, and that's something to say because we've seen some crazy offseasons. But I mean, like, legitimately, the amount of... If I would have told you five years ago, not even five years ago, four, three, two, even a year ago, that in one offseason, Russell Wilson will be traded, Ben Roethlisberger will be retired, Drew Brees will be retired, Tom Brady will be retired and then come back, Aaron Rodgers will stay with the Packers, And, oh, uh, Mitch Trubisky is now the quarterback for the Pittsburgh Steelers. And we'll talk about that a little later. But it is just the amount of stars that are being traded left and right. I have a huge list here of just signings. Like, that's just the show today, signings uh, of, of players being released and, and being signed. Also, we're going to talk a little about the tournament. But let's let's start with the Tom Brady thing. So Tom Brady gets uh, get, comes out of retirement, staying with the Buccaneers. And let's put it this way: does it does it not make sense that he would do this right now? I mean, think about this. Tom Brady has the perfect avenue right now to to at minimum, in my opinion, at minimum, the NFC Championship. His division is easy. Okay. Some of his uh, hurdles that he had to face last year are now gone. Russell Wilson is now gone. The 49ers, if they look good with Jimmy Garoppolo, as as talented as as I think Trey Lance is, I think they're going to struggle at least for a year. His division isn't great. Uh, There's still drama going on with Kyler Murray and the Cardinals. And the... Rams, as talented as they may be, I've been saying this, they're going to lose talent, most likely to retirement or something of that nature. And even if they don't, I'm not saying they're not going to put up a good fight, but they're just not going to be as hungry. That's just the way it works. They're just not, not saying they're not going to work hard, but even the, the most committed athletes, outside of who, Tom Brady, use us never as hungry for the next one. It doesn't mean you're not going to work hard. It doesn't mean they're not going to be a problem to deal with. But they're not going to be as hungry for the next one. So, look, I, I think it makes perfect sense. I think he was looking around at the NFC. He's like, man, I moved at the right time to the NFC. I just didn't retire at the right time. And he said, you know what? The Bucks still don't have a quarterback. Let me go Let me go capitalize on this right now. He saw a moment to capitalize on a conference that was depleted from multiple stars. That was depleted from my top edge rusher in Khalil Mack. That was depleted from a top quarterback in Russell Wilson. 
that was depleted from an elite receiver in Amari Cooper. Kyler Murray, there's still drama going on there. That's going to be depleted of Jimmy Garoppolo, most likely. So he's looking around at the conference, and he's like, all right, let's, let's think about this. Who are the teams, the players, the coaches, the, obstacle, the obstacles that I will not be able to get through next year or I think I'll struggle with, and, let, and, and let's see how it would stack up if I come back. In my opinion, that's part of how he looked at this. And he was looking at the conference. He's like, you know what? There's a lot of easy games on the schedule. I'm in a conf- I'm in a division that I think I could dominate. For some reason, the Saints always give him trouble, before, but he could still win the, the division. A conference that has two other teams, in my opinion, that could really give him fits, that could really make him struggle. And that's the Rams, who they have struggled with. And that's the Packers who they haven't really struggled with, but the Packers haven't improved. The Rams haven't improved. Not that the Buccaneers have, but the Buccaneers still have all this talent. They still have all this this talent. And uh, it's funny, I was uh, texting a friend about this yesterday, and uh, and I sent him the messages on Instagram about uh, the NFL post about uh about Tom Brady coming back, and uh, and he's like, he's like, yeah, I know he was retired for like a day. Then he said, I bet you t- Bruce Arians is is so relieved, and and I bet that too. I, I completely agree with what he said. Bruce Arians probably is relieved. Bruce Arians is is like like uh, my friend said. He's probably just he probably saw that, just took a breath, and it just was like, Whew. all right. We can win it. We can win this conference. And here's the other thing you gotta think about if you're Tom Brady. You're like, look, I'm I'm gonna have to go through a hard team eventually if I want to get to the Super Bowl. You can't avoid that in the in the NFL. But the path of least resistance is a very powerful thing. Here's why. Let's say for a second Tom Brady can work his way to a bye this year. And I know we're looking in the future a little bit, but I think that's very reasonable. To work your way into a bye with the depth and talent on that team. In this conference, and get the one seed. I mean, look, I, the Rams are good, and they're talented. But let's be honest about this: the, despite the fact Russell Wilson is still in the conference, they still got a hard division to go through. Even if they win the division, that doesn't mean they get the one seed. They still got to face Arizona twice a year. Who's who? You know, I I, I overrate them. I, I'll admit I overrate them probably, but. They're still a mess. Kyler Murray is still is still a terrible player to have to take on twice a year. It's it's hard to play them twice a year. You got to play Kyle Shanahan twice a year. Who even with Trey Lance will give you fits. I think I I don't think I think they're going to struggle, but I still think they're going to give you fits. And he's still got to face the Seahawks, who aren't the best team, but they do know the Rams well and they play all the time. And. Uh, so I think Tom Brady's thinking that is, look, if I could get a one seed, I don't have to, but best case scenario, if I get a one seed, in the AFC, there might be a juggernaut coming out of the AFC, right? It, it, it's just predicting they go to the Super Bowl here. Obviously, that will be a long, obviously, that's a that's a that's somewhat of a bold prediction, but let's just stick with it here. If you make it to the Super Bowl, which I don't think it's totally unreasonable, because you're, prop, you're top two, three team, in my opinion, in the NFC. 
all those teams coming out of the AFC, despite being really good, are going to have beaten each other up through the playoffs. Tom Brady's toughest task could be the Rams once, right? And the Rams are one of the best teams in the NFL, so I'm not saying that's any light task. But you beat them once, you're good. Whoever comes out of the AFC, whether it's the Chiefs, whether it's the Broncos, whether it's the Bengals again, whether it's the Bills, <laughs> they had to go through the Chiefs. It's it, it, They had to go through Russell Wilson and Patrick Mahomes and Joe Burrow and all these great players and Lamar Jackson. They had to go through all these physical rough matchups. The Buccaneers this year, week one, in the playoffs, they got to play. The uh, Eagles, I understand that's due with seeding. But uh, to give you, okay, to give you an example of this, the Chiefs, I believe, were the one seed. They had to play the Steelers. Now, the Steelers were not totally explosive this year, and they obviously dominated them, but the, the Steelers are nothing to sneeze at compared to, I'd rather play the Steelers than the Eagles. Then you got to look at even if you get two seed. Okay, the Bills, who uh, were pretty highly seeded last year, had to play the Patriots. And I know they blew the doors off them, but if the Patriots were rolling out the right time and that game didn't go as perfect as it did for the Bills, do you really want to play Bill Belichick in the playoffs? Tom Brady saw this as an opportunity of this is the path of least resistance. I can take it right now. Because I know what Tom Brady was, in my opinion, I think this is what he was thinking in his head. You know what? I may never get the chance. I, I, I'm I'm older at this point to where I can't take a year out of the game. But I've only been retired for six weeks. My team is still intact. The only thing that's happened since I left is other star players have left the NFC. Only things that have benefited me since I've retired but I may never get this opportunity again. I'm going to capitalize on it. Uh, and, and I think it's a smart move because I think they'll be back. All right. Crazy offseason. Tom Brady back in the NFL. Next year. Wow. And by the way, the NFL draft hasn't even happened yet. Wait till, wait till one of these teams gets gets Chris Olave, Garrett Wilson, James Williams, gets a star receiver, Aiden Hutchinson. It's going gonna, gonna to be good. We got the tournament. I'm gonna to talk about that in a little bit. Let's talk about. Let's stick with the NFL for a little bit here. Steelers. They signed Mitchell Trubisky. That was very recently. They signed Mitchell Trubisky. Um, look, Mitchell Trubisky. Uh, when he was the Bears' quarterback, I always thought he got an unfair. And maybe look, I'm I'm one of these. I'm kind of a person that tends to think that. Just because I always feel like quarterbacks now, because of the Lamar Jacksons and the Kyler Murrays of the world that are just in the Patrick Mahomes that that just have unreal talent, um, can can run like run so fast they should be in the Olympic hundred meter you know four by one team, um, and a cannons for arm Josh Allen. And because you've seen these guys come in the NFL, in my opinion, what's done is it has pushed out guys like Mitchell Trubisky, who, yeah, he might not be able to run a four three forty yard dash, and he might not be able to throw it 
um, from one end zone to the other end zone. Um, but that doesn't mean that they're not good quarterbacks. That doesn't mean that every team should kind of just shrug them off as, oh, we don't need them for our team. Mitchell Trubisky, when he was with the Bears, won a playoff game. And let's also not forget that Mitchell Trubisky didn't inherit the best situation. Like, like people talk about, oh, the Bears drafted Mitchell Trubisky. Well, let's, let's reverse that. He didn't inherit the best situation. He got the Bears team who, you know, um, it, it wasn't the most explosive and, and dynamic on the offensive side of the ball. And, and he just, he had tough competition. And I'm looking at this with the Steelers and I'm thinking, you know what? This is a pretty good move. The Steelers probably aren't going to win the division this year, in my opinion. But that's got nothing to do with Mitch Trubisky. That's just because of their roster and the division that they're in. It's not because I don't think Mitch Trubisky is a good quarterback or because I think he was a good option for the Steelers. It's simply beat. It's simply because I, I, I don't see a situation where the Steelers make enough moves at this point in the offseason and in the draft to make themselves explosive or dynamic enough to go up against the likes of the Cleveland offense with Lamar Cooper, Lamar Jackson with the Ravens, um, and Joe Burrow with Jamar Chase. I just don't think they have the explosive talent um, on the offense side of the ball. I don't think they're dynamic enough. It's not because of Mitch Trubisky. With that being said, I can think they're not going to win a division and still think that this is a good move for the Steelers because I honestly do. Who are you going to pick up at this point? Um, Look, I I think people got to understand this. First of all, Mitchell Trubisky is a quarterback who, who, uh, yeah, why, why not the most physically gifted? It's certainly capable of winning games, especially with Mike Tomlin and especially with the defense. And I know I said I don't think they have the most explosive offense, and I don't. But you do have Najee Harris as your running back, and you do have an elite defense with T.J. Watt as the edge and Mike Tomlin as that coach. So look, um, and by the way, Mike Tomlin found a way to make the playoffs last year. Yeah, they got beat in round one of the Chiefs, but he found a way to make the playoffs last year. Found a way to make his team relevant, to make them win games. Never had a losing season, and I'm and I don't and I don't look at this Mitch Trubisky signing and think that they're all of a sudden gonna have a losing season. No, I don't think they're gonna win the division, but that's got nothing to do with Mitch Trubisky. I think they're in a talented division, and I just don't think they have the pieces right now. Chase Claypool is a great receiver. Um, Juju just Juju Smith Schuster is a great receiver. But I, I think the O-line needs a little bit of work. And I think you need one more um, kind of speed receiver. Najee Harris is a great back. And I and I think they're only going to prove. But for right now, uh, I don't think they're winning a vision. But I think this move makes sense. And Mitch Trubisky gets a second chance. I mean, look. The bright side for the Steelers is if, if this move really is as bad as, as you know, as... as some people who aren't big fans of Mitch Trubisky would indicate, then you get to you you don't have to keep him. You know, there's going to be a draft next year, and there's going to be an off season with quarterbacks. But the reality is, those elite quarterbacks that were on the market this year, 
Russell Wilson signed with Denver. Aaron Rodgers re-signed with the Packers. Uh, Carson Wentz, you can certainly make that argument, signed with Washington. So a lot of these elite-level quarterbacks that people are talking about potentially leaving either already left or they re-signed with their team. And so the Steelers are in a position now with Mitch Trubisky that I, I don't think they're going to division, but I think they're going to be a good team, and I think Mitch Trubisky, it's good. I, I like that he got a second chance because I always thought the way his career ended in Chicago, but what's, he kind of got a raw deal there. All right. Uh, well, Browns released Jarvis Landry. Interesting decision. Um, you know, it's weird because they signed Amari Cooper, and I thought, okay, you're getting some explosiveness on that offense, getting some weapons on that offense, and then they released Jarvis Landry, who I I thought is very talent, who I thought think is a very talented receiver, um, but. They move on from Jarvis Landry, release him. We'll have to see where he signs. But look, I, I wouldn't have released him. But I'm, I, I don't think it's a terrible move. Make some room um, for for the cap and, and some player. And you could always draft another receiver and draft. Not that he's going to be Jarvis Landry um, level. But you can always draft someone else because you got to get some explosiveness on that team. We'll have to see where Jarvis Landry lands. I wouldn't be surprised if he goes to Tampa Bay. Um, but he's probably going to go to one of those talented teams on the NFC. All right. Uh, Cardinals. They sign, re-sign, I should say, James Conner. I think this is a good move. Physical back because Chase Edmonds uh, signed with the Dolphins earlier. So, look, James Conner is a very physical, good back. He carries that load for that team. And I think that's a big deal because... Even though they're one of these air raid offenses and and, and all that, I think what you're going to see this year with the Cardinals, pending what happens with Kyler Murray, we don't know what's going on there right now. But what you're going to see is this, in my opinion. They're going to really start to focus somewhat, even though his team is built around Kyler. This, I think they're going to draft a tackle, in my opinion. Either trade up or get one late in the first round, improve the offensive line, and they and they've just re-signed James Conner because I bet you they told him we're using you a lot this year. Not that they're going to turn into a ground and pound offense or anything like that, but I think Cliff Kingsbury and everyone starts to realize. Look, the past two years, I talked about this last week because um, uh, Rich Eisen was talking about this how this team falls apart after Thanksgiving because the past two years they did that. COVID year they did that. This year especially it happened. If you want to preserve the team, you, I, I think you're going to have to preserve Kyler Murray. And one of the ways you do that is by A, protecting him so he doesn't have to run around as much to get hit with a tackle. And other ways you hand it off to James Conner more. James Conner is a very physical back. No, the numbers aren't going to look as pretty. Um, it's not going to be, uh, 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 you know, uh, it's not going to be Kyler running around and throwing ridiculous passes to DeAndre Hopkins the whole game, but it's going to help your team better in the long run. So instead of only being good for the first seven games, you can be good through the season to the playoffs. Because I, I always believe, at least last year, if the Cardinals team that we saw the first half of the season played in the playoffs, 
I would have I would have took them over anybody, and I'm being serious about that. I would have took them over Tampa Bay. I would have took them over the Rams. I mean, heck, they beat the Rams week three, right? Pretty convincingly. So I would have took them over Cincinnati. So look, if you can preserve Kyler a little longer and the team a little longer, you do that through running it through James Conner. All right. So those are those are pretty much most of the big signings. Lots of signings. Draft's still coming up. Um, and not to mention the fact that I have some tournament predictions for you guys. And this is what I want to talk about the tournament really quick. Because, look, I, it'd be ridiculous for me to... I'm, I'm just not going to go through every single game in the round of 64. Um, it's just a ridiculous... It's a ridiculous amount of games to go through. And you guys will get bored of that. Um, but this is what I will say. Everybody, uh, people are, uh, talking about, uh, Gonzaga a lot, uh, and Duke. And the, the, I tell you the team that I am really picking this year as my championship favorite, it's Kansas. I, 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 I truly believe Kansas is a team where, well, first of all, they play in the big 12, which is Probably the best conference in college basketball. Um, and secondly, I, I feel like with Duke, like you saw them fall in North Carolina last week, and I know it is Coach's K, it's Coach K's last year, and I think they'll get to the Final Four. But there's a good chance they win the championship, and I'm not rooting against that. But Kansas is a team that whenever you think of college basketball, yeah, you probably think of Duke, North Carolina, those kind of teams. But Kansas has always been right there, right? They just haven't been able to make that leap in a long time for a championship. And I think this is the year they potentially do. Gonzaga, by the way, is looking for a leap for the championship. And uh, and, and I think they'll be right there as well. Uh, some of the other seeds that I think could cause trouble. Uh, it's funny. Uh, Loyola, 10 seed. They're playing Ohio State. I think that's going to be a really interesting matchup. Because I think whoever wins that game. Because one thing I noticed with Ohio State basketball is... They can win games, not just this year, but I'm just talking about in general. Typically, they can win games. Uh, like, like they, they can beat good elite teams. The problem is with Ohio State, and it's specifically in the tournament. Like last year, I remember they got upset. Uh, who beat them? But it, it was it was a very small school, and that was kind of the Cinderella story of last year. And there's a good chance Loyola goes deep in the tournament this year. But they have to get through Ohio State, and Ohio State has to get through them. Uh, I am going to pick Ohio State in that game, but that that should be a really good game. And then also, my Cinderella... Uh, here's the thing. I don't know if you call it a Cinderella story, if it's a sixth seed and a seventh seed. My two teams, Ohio State or Loyola, and then Alabama, they did that last year in the tournament. I think Alabama could go very deep in the tournament, too. I'm talking Sweet 16, maybe Elite 8. So uh, I can't say my pick to win it all, but I think that there's going to be some very good Cinderella stories this year. It should be very fun to watch. Can't wait. That starts this week as well. NFL free agency is going on. College basketball is going on. Great time of year to be a sports fan. NBA is wrapping up their regular season. Uh, That should be interesting. Man, Kevin Durant also went off uh, yesterday with Brooklyn. So, uh, we're, we're going to have to see what happens here, but, uh, Kevin Durant, Brooklyn, uh, I, I, and also, 
Uh, I, they'll probably make the playoffs, and I think they would be dangerous. But, you know, we talk about, in the NBA, we talk about uh, teams with a lot of star power because star power is where it kind of drives the NBA. But it's interesting because a lot of players in in the NBA, or a lot of teams in the NBA, and this happens in the NFL too, but you see them start to spike up one year. And you know it's either going to be a fluke or you're like, okay, they're building something there. And last year you saw the New York Knicks start to spike up, right? They made the playoffs, get beat by Leonard. You're like, okay, that's a good building point. And this year they struggle. And and the reason why I'm saying this is because NBA is really becoming um, a league now where, and don't get me wrong, the NFL has been doing this too, but the NBA is really coming a league now where you see teams completely reshape and rebuild their organization in a matter of days. Like, like one trade, they get two star players on their good, uh, and, and that's kind of what you saw last year with Brooklyn. And, and we're gonna have to see what happens. Uh, by the way, the Bucks should be good in the playoffs this year. Giannis, um, Phoenix is gonna be good. It's gonna be a fun playoffs, uh, fun March Madness, fun off season, fun NFL draft. All coming up, uh, so be sure, be sure to keep listening to the podcast for constant updates and all that. All right, well, thank you everybody so much for listening today. Uh, I hope you have a great day. And one more thing before you go, if you are willing, uh, I would just like to read one bio verse from Mark, chapter six, verse fifty-three. It says, "When they crossed over." They came to the land of Genesaret and anchored there. And when they came out of the boat, immediately the people recognized him. Ran through that whole surrounding region and began to carry about on beds those who were sick. To whenever they heard he was. To wherever they heard he was. Whenever he entered into villages, cities, or the country, they laid the sick in the marketplaces and begged him that they may just touch the hem of his garment. And as many as touched him were made well. So listen, um, we all have a disease. Every single human that's alive right now and that will ever be alive and that has ever been alive all has a disease of the flesh. And that is sin. We are born into sin. We are born into unrighteousness, and the unfortunate thing about sin is that there's no running from it in this world. You can try to, but you fall into it, or you have fallen into it. And when you fall into sin, God is just, and God is pure, and he cannot just let sin just be overlooked. It can't just, he can't just turn the other way from sin, even if you... Say, I'm sorry for sinning. You can't just turn the other way from sinning. Why? Because that would make him impure. That would make him not a holy judge. And so when you have to face God, when you die on Judgment Day, or on Judgment Day, and you have all this sin, if you've ever told a lie, or looked with lust, or have used God's name in vain, and you have that sin, you can't just say, oh, I'm sorry. 
there has to be a cure for that sin. There has to be a cure for that disease you have. And the only way God can say, I forgive you, and it's okay, and you won't be punished for it, is through Jesus. And you see an illustration of that there. When it says, as many as, I have that part underlined in my Bible. When it says, as many as touched him were made well, that's a very powerful verse. Because it didn't matter what sickness they had. It didn't matter how sick they were. If you touched Jesus, you were made well. Now notice, notice something about about them becoming on sick. It didn't just come from from them saying, I wish the sickness was gone, or, or trying to run away from their sickness. It came from them going to the solution. There's a cure for their disease with Jesus. And when Jesus walked the streets, everybody ran and they said, let's touch him. We are made well. But you know what a key part of that story is? It's not just that they touched Jesus. It's that they had faith. Because if they didn't have faith, why would they even run to go touch him? Why would they even run to the middle of the streets? Imagine someone in your family is sick. Imagine you're in this time. And, and someone in your family is sick and you hear that Jesus walking the streets. If you didn't have faith that he could heal you, why even bring him out? Why even do the hassle? Why even carry on beds? Why even go out there? It's because they had faith. They had trust that, hey, I know if I touch Jesus, I'm made well. And our disease is sin. And for our punishment, I'm sure you've heard this before, Jesus was crucified on the cross and raised three days later. No matter what you think about it, it happened. No matter what you think about running from it or whatever, it happened. And the, and the truth is, you got a sickness, I got a sickness. The difference is, are you made well in your sickness? And the only way to make your sickness well, become well, is by putting your faith in Jesus, trusting him as your savior, trusting him to take your punishment. You can't get to heaven by being a good person. You can't get to heaven by doing good deeds. Yes, so you have fruits when you're saved, fruits of your your salvation, but the, where it all starts is trust in him. When you trust in him, he can wash away your sin because he took the punishment. But you got to trust in that punishment. You got to stop running from him. You got to trust in the punt. You got to trust in him. Because when you trust him, you won't want to run from him. Because then all of a sudden it's like, oh, I don't need to run from him. Yeah, you're gonna you're, you're gonna fall. The Bible says the righteous man falls seven times and yet he rises again. What's important is that you resist sin as much as you can, and the way you resist sin when you're saved is through Jesus and through the Holy Spirit that comes inside of you when you're born again. And it will help you resist it. Now, I know if you've never heard this before, I'm probably sounding crazy. So, if you want help with this, feel free to DM me on Red Zone underscore radio on Instagram. Um, if you need help with your faith or anything like that, I encourage you to check out crossexamine.org. Uh, Frank Turk is his name. Phenomenal guy. Uh, he's apologetic. So, if you have questions about faith in God and you're struggling, check him out. Or you can check him on YouTube channel. I bet you any questions you have about God, he has answered on there. And uh, feel free to DM me, and I'll help you out with this. And uh, one more thing, if you just allow me, I'd like to say a prayer for you. Dear Father, I ask that whoever is listening to this, that you touch their heart, and you help them, and to realize that they need you. Thank you for all they do for us, Father. In Jesus' name, amen. All right. Well, if you are still listening, I do greatly appreciate it. Thank you, everybody. 
uh, for listening to this episode of Red Zone Radio. I will see you next time on Red Zone Radio. Have a great day. God bless.